Hello, and welcome back to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. Today, we have our returning guest, Audra Isadora. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yes. I'm excelente. Yeah, you might remember her from the Lilith Fair episode, uh, where you know we discussed the biggest and most forgotten female music festival ever. Well, today we have another great topic, kind of in the same time frame, but a little saucier. We're talking about the Russian pop sensation Tattoo. What do you think right out the gate? What, what, like, what do you think about Tattoo? Um... I loved them at the time. Yeah. You for, know? For, like, formative? Like, like, was it, like, a very formative time? Super <laughs> formative. Like, I remember, like, <laughs> anyone who's now, like, a queer woman had that kissing poster. Oh, yeah. oh the kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, like, a whole other thing. Yeah, like, that. And you know what? That's not even tattoo. Like, like the one of the girl, the black and white where it's they're not? laying on the bed. No, it's not. What? No, no that's not. Like, that was done by another famous photographer. Are you serious? I swear to God. It just came out around the same time it, and looks exactly girls like Girls kissing them? was huge in the late 90s. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, like, like makes... through girls kissing, we, uh, you know, were able to liberate other members of the LGBT community. <laughs> you know, I feel like it all starts with like getting straight male straight gaze. men to be like, well, lesbians are cool. And then it's a slippery slope to just letting anyone get a pass. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the thing with tattoo is, yeah, like, I mean, and as like a young boy, like that was a very, very big thing. And I'm, I can only imagine, yeah, being like a queer woman, like having this exposure, young girls, you know, outwardly lesbian, like very uh, unapologetic and like it's encouraged and the songs and the lyrical content is aimed at that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But it was all a hoax. And it's Boo. it's kind of like uh, like a gay Russian Milli Vanilli situation where like totally. there was so much string pulling going on behind the scenes and like a lot of I mean, overall, the whole thing that you have to remember throughout this whole thing is that they were like. 16 like 15 or 16 when their music video came out so like it's okay i if feel like that. to be like yeah well you know and yeah. so but you would like we didn't think that you know what i mean like when, when it came out you would just assume that they were well also of age, like at least. we were that age exactly so, it and wasn't... so, so that's the saving grace here folks yeah. uh you know is <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that that is absolutely the, the saving grace here and that's kind of why it's a culture dump uh because it's some seriously like deviant kind of dark shit it's that perfect like realm of like showbiz debauched kind of like fucked up concept things that are happening behind the scenes and yeah it, it was just you know huge smash hit group platinum selling many times over internationally known like a russian act making it in the united states very odd and uh you know th they've kind of had both the again the liberating sense and then also the complete objectification sense you know it's like the good and the bad it's like oh wow they're really making waves being this completely like openly gay pop group sensation from a very very non-friendly aggressive country especially towards that community mm. but also it was completely fetishized and like that's kind of something to to look back on so what is tattoo or who was tattoo? Um, there's going to be a lot of Russian words in this episode that I'm not Great. necessarily uh, <laughs> going to be too good at saying, but I'm going to try and limit it. So tattoo is Lena Katina and Ulia Volkova. And but that statement kind of implies that these two women started this group themselves, which is not the case. The concept of the group was actually created by two high profile Russian producers, 
But before we get to that, let's quickly discuss Lena and Ulia's background. The two were born into upper-class lives in Moscow and attended music school at a very young age. The girls were both in the same children's singing group called Neposity, which is like uh, interchanging members as the as the kids get too old. They bring in new kids, and it's kind of just like a staple of of Russia, kind of like Menudo, you know, like where it's just like a group that they bring in new people. Uh, now, Lena was also in a children's singing group called Avenue from 1994 to 1997. And there were rumors that Yulia was kicked out of Neposity for smoking, swearing and causing trouble with the other members. But the band's official statement claimed that she had simply just gotten too old to be in the group. We're going to listen to a little bit of Neposity here. And then we're also going to play a little clip of Yulia's very first song when she was like 13. This is creepy Russian shit. <laughs> So she has pipes. Oh yeah. As a kid. Yeah. But also why does all the music like coming from like every country <laughs> except like America or like, you know, like England sound like it's made completely on like MIDI keyboards. Like it's all elevator music backing stuff. You know, it's all karaoke tracks is yeah. what it sounds it's like. It's all white people. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so there's like no like rhythm or flavor or anything. It's just like this is music. And also in Russia, you know, everything has to be sanctioned by the government. So there's it's like government regulated music, which is like a weird fucking whole thing and like they have like built-in fan bases. Like I wouldn't even call it fan bases when you're when you have to listen to it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and that's so Russian. Right. Everything's about like discipline, like the way they are about sports. Yeah. It's like hardcore. It's like I feel like even the music, it's like an Olympic sport. Everything is hardcore. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's how it is in, in these really strict kind of communist countries too. Like, you know, like North Korea, for instance, it's like everyone has a very specific job and that might be being a child sensation. You know what I mean? Exactly. But like, it's still like your job appointed to you, like essentially like when it comes down to it by the government. So in 1999, producers Ivan Shapovalov and Alexander Votinsky began holding auditions for a new female fronted pop group. Initially, they envisioned the group having only one lead singer and hired 14-year-old Lena Katina for the job. Lena is the redhead, by the way. Uh, so Yulia Got is the, the brunette. Lena's the redhead. Lena's first song was called Yugoslavia, and it was an anti-war protest song. And soon after this recording was finished, the producers decided it would be best to hire another girl and make the project a pop duo. Enter Yulia Vokova. Again, this is some Milli Vanilli completely formulaic shit where they're just creating a group out of nothing. I mean, that's kind of like the pop system anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just like you like, you know, you just have to find the person with the voice. Right. And then you just build out everything for them. And this is really from the ground up. But again, these girls are like 13, 14 years old at this time. So the concept for the duo was allegedly inspired by the Swedish film Show Me Love, which follows the love story of two teenage schoolgirls. What better way to, you know, make a pop group super big than have them be adolescent 
lesbians making out in miniskirts uh, in the 90s. It's, it's really bizarre. Again, you have to also understand the political climate of Russia and their views on LGBTQ people and all that stuff. I mean, there's so many laws against it. And like their, their propaganda laws, like their anti-LGBT like propaganda laws essentially make it so just being openly gay is you spreading propaganda and you can be locked up. And that's kind of how they did it. Yeah. And so, I mean, and if you get locked up for being gay, like that's pretty much a death sentence there. You know what I mean? But again, it's interesting that this got a pass, you know, like not only are they openly lesbian on paper, you know, and on screen, but they're also kids, you know? Well, that's kind of what's disturbing, right? It's like, why did this of all things get a pass? Yeah, it's it's because I minors. Mean, that's the that's the yeah, I guess that's the dark. charm of the of the schoolgirl thing. I mean, it's biz- it's it's just so bizarre. This whole thing is bizarre, and it's so funny because when you mention tattoo to like a group of people, or if someone does it at karaoke or something, everyone flips out. And yeah. Like, oh yeah, I love tattoo. But like, if you really start thinking about it, like already, I'm like, ooh, this is kind of greasy. Yeah. Like, totally. you know what I mean? Like, you don't really think back about it. You just think about the jams and like the iconic moments that we'll get to, but you don't really realize how fucked up it is. Yeah. You know, and it is fucked up. So the name for the group tattoo is an abbreviated version of the phrase tie Louis two. I'm probably butchering the fuck ah. out of that, which roughly translated means this girl loves that girl. And the, yeah, yeah. Are you it's like that simple. It's like, oh, shit. I saw a movie where like two high school girls are kissing. Let's hire these two girls. We're going to call it. This girl loves that girl. Boom. Put them on stage. Get them to kiss. That's it. You know. Like, sign the check. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It was that simple. And they used periods in the name to separate the letters to distinguish themselves from the Australian group of the same name, Tattoo. I I didn't check out the Australian Tattoo. Never heard of it. Why would I when we have the Russian Tattoo? Now, again, did I mention that these girls are fucking 14? (laughs) <laughs> at the time, this 14 year old girl loves that 14 year old girl is what is what they should have called the, the group yeah like, it just doesn't too long yeah, it doesn't flow yeah yeah no no just straight up tattoo you know rolls rolls right off the tongue uh of every young you know person hitting puberty at that time i guess so with the group formed a name chosen and a fresh new sound to work with it was time to release an album with the help of co-producers and writers elena kuyper and trevor horn the first single was titled again here we go ya sochla es uma or in english all the things she said now that's the big one this song is about the mental anguish felt by girls that have discovered that they were in love with another girl and again this is coming from the perspective of a very young girl that doesn't really understand these feelings that she's having but now the idea for this song came to the writer Elena Kuyper when she was asleep at a dentist appointment and she had a dream she kissed a girl and she woke up apparently saying I have lost my mind which is a phrase that is like the main bridge in the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and we're going to we're going to play that right now actually. Again, like the context of when this was all coming out, this is before Katy Perry, you know, I kissed a girl and stuff like, and it's, it's this poor Russian lady having these like homosexual dreams that just terrify her, oh my <laughs> like God. waking up in a cold sweat in the middle of a dentist's <laughs> office. Poor thing. Scary. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying. I have lost my mind. Like it, it, it's insane. But the song 
is an everlasting banger. Like, still slaps like crazy. And their other hit that we'll get to in a second is also they it holds up because it's this Russian technology, like futuristic kind of like their music video had like post apocalyptic kind of vibes to it, like lots of old trains and like prison camps and stuff. Um, but the single was released in December of 2000, and the rest of the album, which was titled 200 Kilometers an Hour in the Wrong Lane, would not come out until 2001. Yeah, it's like. It, it, it doesn't does, quite translate. No, just call it This Girl Loves That Girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, come on. But, you know, th- they're starting to get this push. They're doing lots of press photos, and it's it's very enticing to to a whole generation because there's been nothing like this. And this couldn't have been two guys. There's no, no way this would have worked if, if it was two boys. Uh, it, it just it would have never even popped into the heads of the people that, that made this stuff. Not, not over there. No. You know? And not at that time. Yeah, not at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, it, yeah, it's it's just like a whole – again, this is such like a pocket of time. You know what I mean? It's such like, a, sure. like a, a flashback to like a very unique, weird time because there was so much happening as far as civil rights go. Like the 90s was like a huge time for all that. And then you have like this group – you know, essentially symbolically like showing that it's okay and like look we're we are superstars and we're lesbians but it's like again a total fetishization it's a total fucking like overreach and it's literally just like a perverted guy's wet dream you know totally. about two that's girls. all it is that, and the, yeah exactly that's all it is now initially the album was released across europe and then later parts of asia in 2001 tattoo set out on the road for their first tour which was described as tight precise and very sexual Album sales were booming, but their biggest success was about to come. In 2001, their album was re-recorded in English and was accompanied by a steamy new music video for their first single, All the Things She Said. That's the video that did it to everyone. I like, if LimeWire was a vinyl record, I would have worn the grooves out on that video. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and there's so many stories. Like, I read so many articles researching for this, like, written from the perspective of, like, you know, like, when I was a 13-year-old girl and I was discovering myself, like, I would record this from MTV and, like, when mom, when mom and dad were asleep, you know, you'd pop it in. Yeah. And, I mean, like, while it is, like, overly sexual, like, the song, too, I mean, as, like, a when you were a teenager, was the song, like, did it hit you? Or was it more just about the look of the group? It was more about the look for me. It was more about, like, the statement right. of these two lesbians. <laughs> yeah, strong air <laughs> And quotes. people were acting like it was no big deal. Right, and it was super in your face. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like a fucking like a like a Tegan and Sarah or some kind of thing. Like, right. This was like made to be like we're making out. Like yep. we have sex. Like yep. you know what I mean. And like fucking we've escaped Russia to take over the world in our mini skirts and and, and you know somehow we're always soaking wet. Very racy. <laughs> yeah. Somehow like we're it, that's like the wet. the whole fucking thing. And the video was highly controversial <laughs> due to the sexual overtones and the age of the girls. That's really the only time any complained about that and it was kind of forgotten the controversy did nothing to slow the rise of tattoo in fact the controversy surrounding the music uh, or the music video that launched tattoo into international superstardom is still considered to be one of like the most iconic videos of that era um you know again all the things she said Now, 
Now, Tattoo earned both the praise and disapproval of several of the biggest music publications in the world. It seemed public opinion on the group was split between those who saw them as the future of pop music and those who saw them as a pedophilic gimmick with little substance behind the miniskirts. Despite the growing press coverage of the group, their 2002 Show Me Love tour, named after the band or the, the movie that the concept came from, it was canceled due to poor ticket sales, but Tattoo was about to take over because on February 25th, 2003, the girls made their first U.S. television appearance on The Jay Leno Show. Against the wishes of NBC, the girls not only kissed during their performance, but also wore T-shirts that in Russia sa- or Russian said, fuck the war. They were all about like being like... While they were being like, we're lesbians, deal with it. They were also very against the war in Iraq. Yeah. Which is like a weird thing because it's like you're from Russia. Like That also feels like a gimmick. It, yeah. Like, it's like, what's going to get young Americans riled to love up. us? Yeah, 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 yeah. Girls kissing and, and fuck the war. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But when they kissed, what they did is they put their hands over their face, making it like super obvious. It's kind of like on the Ed Sullivan show when Elvis was shot from the waist up. But you just knew what the fuck was going on. It made it almost more dramatic. And, you know, their shirts were handmade. They, like, wrote that out right before they got there. So not long after this appearance, the girls were booked to perform on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And once again, were given strict instructions not to pull the shit that they pulled on Leno. Instead, the girls wore shirts with the word censored on them. And during their interview, wrote the phrase, fuck the war in Russian on Kimmel's hand. And, like, Jimmy Kimmel's just like, whoa, this is probably going to get me in trouble. What does this mean? And, like, anytime Tattoo is being interviewed, like, it's literally just like, so you guys kiss, huh? Like, and that's, like, the, like, (laughs) vibe of, like, every fucking interview. It's like, so, uh, yeah, your album's doing great, so let's talk about, like, you guys kiss, huh? (laughs) Like, Which is so so, creepy. And I feel like, like, maybe a lot of people didn't know their age, you know? And obviously they weren't being presented in any light you know, showing that they were underage. So I bet like someone like Kimmel or something, when they finally show up, you're like, oh, fuck, they're, they're kids. Really young. Yeah. Well, because I remember back in the day just taking it for granted because I was around their age. Right. And now looking at them, it's like, these are little girls. Yeah, being forced to really, do some like, like their whole lives. They've been told that like girls that like girls are bad and evil and sick in the head. And now it's like, OK, but you guys are going to be girls that like girls now. And you're going to like, you know, for all we know, like maybe that was like some of their first like experiences, like kissing in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was this forced thing. Um, but again, people fucking ate it up because that album went on to sell 7 million copies. Whew. Yeah. And I listened to the whole thing. Uh, it's There's way bigger bangers than all the things she said. That's just like the one that really like exemplifies what they're going to do. Like their two biggest hits. Yeah, because by this time, you know, they were so huge. Their second English single, Not Gonna Get Us, was released oh, so with an incredibly familiar music video. It was almost exactly the same in both. It's like, this, <laughs> like the same themes like the themes are always like you know all the things she said are like god i'm losing my mind this is so crazy like i'm so lost like no one's gonna understand me and they're not gonna get us it's like we have to escape like no one's gonna stop us from our love You know, it's like, yeah. it's really bizarre, but it's like totally written by like a team of people that are like, how do we tell the story of two girls falling in love? Yep. You know, and like in a country where there's no cultural, you know, examples reference. of this, yeah, a reference at all, it just comes off 
like Tattoo. Because in May of 2003, Tattoo performed at the MTV Movie Awards and gave one of the most iconic performances in the history of that award show. It gives me goosebumps. Like not not like sexual goosebumps, yeah. like, like it, but like <laughs> and like a, like a, like an epic like kind of thing because you know they're on stage, they play a little bit of all the things you said, then not gonna get us kicks in, and like a billion girls dressed like tattoo. That was really popular then, having like a million people look like you. Yeah. Why? Why? Like, yeah, that's like true. Eminem did it too. I mean, that made sense though because that was for the real some shady. But like this was just like you know what's good. Two Russian girls, like, in miniskirts making out on stage. You know what's better? Like, 200 of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, probably where the executive's head was. And, yeah, so all these girls run in. They're all dressed like tattoo. And then water starts pouring down. They're all soaking wet. And, you know, as always. Means. Yeah, you know what that means. And then uh, they strip down. Now all the girls are in their underwear. And you can see, like... Like Danny Masterson, who's in all sorts of hot water now for, you know, his sexual, you know, misconduct allegations. Uh, that's putting it lightly. But, like, he's, like, standing up applauding, and he's, like, with Puff Daddy. And, like, it's showing all these, like, huge, me like, mega male stars just like, yeah, this rules. And it's, like, they're fucking kids. Like, I'm sure, like, the backup dancers weren't. But, like, I mean, there was a lot of them. And if Tattoo could be up on stage being underage, then I'm sure there was some in that big crowd of underwear-clad women dancing in the water, you know? I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, they, they were actually introduced on stage by uh, Amanda Bynes and Hilary Duff. So uh, let's check that out really quick. There are so many gorgeous guys here tonight. It's insane. I know. And do you want to know the best part? What's up? These next two performers want nothing to do with any of them. Oh, my God. It's so true. I know. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for and as if this wasn't enough to give Tattoo the world fame they sought, Tattoo was also selected to represent Russia in the biggest music competition in all of Europe, Eurovision. They won third place. That seems like a cheap shot. Like, to send in, like, a platinum-selling group. Yeah. Like, can you do that? I didn't even think that was allowed. Like, why wouldn't you just, like, if, like wherever the fucking, like, U2's from. Like, if U2 showed up, you know, like, like the Rolling Stones are like, yeah, we're going to represent fucking England. This right. like, it's like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, you can't send tattoos. How is that allowed? But again, they didn't win. So, and I think it's because, right. like, Eurovision really, like leans more towards like traditional styles of music from each country yeah. like obviously souped up with like modern stuff but it really relies more and like there's nothing traditional about tattoo like in the russian sense at all and they had really made their success singing in english so eh, uh, that, <laughs> that's kind of where that ends now the next step for the pop sensations was to film a documentary which was made and released but this is when the cracks in the mask start to show they were also made to be an anime series because we all know that anime fans love their schoolgirls. <laughs> yeah. And also Tattoo kind of did have like this, like, I mean, because of their music videos and stuff, there was kind of like this two girls against the world, kind of like you could see them becoming like superheroes in an anime. Yeah. Like that would make sense. Like they would totally like spin kick someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But also it's like, what better group to be made into like a weird, like overtly sexual. Right. Like how convenient. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you couldn't just come up with that on your own. Like every other fucking anime that there is, right. like Jesus Christ, uh, except for the ones that are about like giant robots. Uh, now, the documentary, which was only released in Europe and Russia, exposed the hoax that the girls were not actually lovers and furthermore were not even lesbians. While most people assumed that there were some strings being pulled behind the scenes to accomplish this image, the confirmation definitely hurt record sales from that point on. Their second album, Dangerous and Moving, and their third album, Waste Management. <laughs> Ha 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 ha! 
They're grasping at straws. Yeah, what now. are they doing like, now? They're just like, take out the fucking trash on this one. Yeah. <laughs> they failed to reach the success of their initial release. But there was a music video. I, t- I had totally forgotten about this. It's called All About Us. And it was fucking banned because essentially it starts off again. This is after the jig was up, you know, and the girls are like fighting. They're obviously breaking up. And then one gets a ride from a guy as she's like walking home. Guy gets her back to his house, holds her down, going to assault her. Who bursts in Lena. And then Lena comes in and like, they both like kick this fucking guy's ass. And it's like super graphic and bloody. And it's like kill bill, but with tattoo, like, beating a rapist to death and then they like ride off into the sunset and everyone was like this is just like like your gimmicks up first of all second of all this is just like a violent ass movie and it's just like really fucking disturbing (laughs) like like it's really graphic like you don't think she's gonna get saved you know it gets like to that point yeah yeah so check that one out uh for you know some easy listening and watching all about us um but they also you know they they continue to perform on tv like like pretty recently they were on the voice in romania because uh, I guess Romania has their own The Voice, and they like looked great, sounded great, you know. But that's uh, it's not the same when you know what the deal is, right? Know? Yeah. Uh, so you know, and also it's like, yeah, you guys were like, I don't know. It just, yeah, it just it just doesn't hold water anymore. In 2007, even though the truth about their sexual orientation was exposed, the girls were asked to be ambassadors during the 2007 Russian Pride Parade which was violently attacked by homophobic counter-protesters. That's some shit that you don't see in the States. You know, we can complain about how fucking, you know, like how much longer, you know, we we have to go as far as like complete equal rights and all that stuff. But like, at least it's pretty sure that like something like this isn't going to happen. It's like terrifying when you watch those videos. It's seriously like as many people are in the parade, that's how many people came to literally just fuck everyone up. But again, like tattoo, because you can't really be openly gay in Russia. Like that's that's such a daring thing to have a pride parade there. But like it was okay for tattoo to be there because we knew that they weren't actually lesbian. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they're they're able to be like the icons of that community because they're not part of it. Right. How interesting. Isn't it backwards? Yeah, it's backwards and it's just like goes to show how layered this whole thing is yeah. how they need to find like loopholes and it's it's insane Whoa. yeah no no it, it's really crazy and I, like my whole thing was like maybe they got attacked because no one knew tattoo was there because they seem to be like the national treasure i doubt that like you know protect tattoo at all costs uh but yeah so they, they were able to be like the you know big you know, big event on the float going down the parade even though they're not part of the community but that they're there to represent that's that whole thing is interesting to me too ryan like that they were the national treasures, you know, like what, right. what made them exempt, you know, Be- because I think at the end of the day, everyone knew that it was kind of a put on. So, you know, while the rest of the world that wasn't hip to it yet saw it as like, you know, like in America, it was like a big like these lesbian girls are really fucking making waves like right. holy shit, kicking down the door, you know, but I think in Russia, everyone was kind of like at least behind the scenes, like, no, 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 they're not really gay. Like, don't arrest them. Like, no, right. you, you can just watch this and enjoy it. You know, kind of a thing oh like it's deviant shit. Totally. You know what I mean? Because, again, this was created by two older men and these girls were very, very young. You know, by this time that we're talking about now, the girls are in their 20s, you know. Yeah. But when they started, not the case. Now, without the support of international fans, Tattoo was limited to their European and Asian fan base. Even with their reputation on the line, the group was booked to perform at the opening ceremony of the 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi. Yeah, which that was a huge, huge deal 
deal because there was plenty of gay athletes that were terrified to go over there because of all these like anti LGBT laws that were passed like virtually the same year. So it's like, fuck, like I can't wear like a rainbow pin. I can't, you know, I can't be myself. I can't like hold hands with my partner, you know? And so there was like a, a lot of, a lot of controversy surrounding that. But again, like, Let's have tattoo the, the crown jewel of Russian pop culture, you know, could oh come and open for it. And yeah, it was super, super controversial due to all those harsh laws that were put into place. Like how could a country so against gay people living in their country, as well as gay athletes participating in the Olympics, allow a seemingly openly gay group to represent them on the world's biggest platform? You know, and again, it, it really has something to do with the fact that they weren't actually lesbians. So they got a pass. The mental gymnastics. Like, for what? Just be cool with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Seriously. Like, it's, it's so much harder to live your life with that much hate. You know what I mean? Like, you have to really, like, try to be against shit that, to that extent where you're willing to put yourself through that. Just to like a song. Completely. <laughs> it's out of control. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that they allowed such like a homoerotic group to play and represent them. But it also lends credence to the fact that lesbians are sexualized to the extent that in some cases they are exempt from the same pers persecution that, say, a gay male group would have suffered from. Absolutely. You know, and that goes back to the male gaze and the, the fetish thing and, and the, you know, just completely objectification of of that aspect of the community and it's fucked up you know what i mean well and not to mention like they were both feminine young oh absolutely yeah you know, like one not... of them had like a shorter haircut right. that's about it exactly like, you know they were really representing like lip gloss and mini skirts yeah which isn't you know people come in all it takes all kinds of kinds yeah you know what i mean that's it's like such a microcosm and especially like in russia like for them to tote it it's just really really crazy and i guess it's it goes back to the fact that they weren't actually lesbian which is kind of worse you know what I mean? Because it's just like, well, we don't really want these people, but we will totally allow this group to pretend like that, say all sorts of positive things about the community and, you know, like hold hands and kiss on, on screen. But they're not actually gay. So it's okay. it makes it OK. Yeah. It's just like pretend. Now, when faced with the tidal wave of journalists trying to get the inside scoop about what Tattoo was really all about, the girls made a public statement saying that while they themselves were not lesbians, their music had always been intended to be a beacon of hope. Yulia and Lena claimed that, again, while they themselves were not lesbian, their music was for those who were gay or lesbian and should be taken as a rally cry for all those who love outside of societal norms. They also explicitly said that they were singing for lesbians like they wanted to make that very clear <laughs> like again it's, it's it's silly is what it is it's silly it's sad i mean it's silly because they were just vehicles for these producers 14 year old girls you know not to be condescending i definitely had strong opinions when i was a 14 year old sure. girl but like to have a platform and to know that you're, I mean, it's just, it's totally silly. Yeah. And, and again, like I, I just love the constant backtracking that they're doing where it's like, no, 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 We totally, totally support yeah. this. And, and we were singing for Lesbians. Like we, we were, we were, we're not, let's Ridiculous. make that very clear, but we were, it's like, imagine if I started a band and I'm like, like, it's literally the same as if I started a band for lesbians. Like, you know Completely what I mean? And totally. It's just like, if you're not, 
Like, you can't be that beacon of hope because it's a fucking sham. And in your country, they fucking allow people like that to be killed. So, yep. you know, th there's that. And it was later that same year when Yulia Volkova appeared on the game show Lie Detector. This is where it gets fucked up. Uh, the claws were out because of her reputation, and she was asked some pretty hard-hitting questions while attached to a lie detector. That's what the whole show is about. Celebrities come in, answer, you know, uh, <laughs> like pretty, pretty gnarly questions. Uh, the biggest was if... If she had a gay son, would she support him? And she said no. And she went on to say that lesbians are okay, but men have no right to be an F word. And it is their mission in life to procreate, which is funny because usually like people that are anti-gay say it's the reverse that like what? women are here to, pro like, you know what I mean? But I like that in Russia. It's like men are just like sperm banks. Yeah. Virile. Yeah. It's fucking bizarre. But also like that's fucking it now. Like she's out. Oh, totally can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, they don't really that's, do that in Russia, obviously, you know, but like, but to the rest of the world, to the rest of the world, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the, the curtain has just been dropped. Like there's no going back. Yeah. There's no like fun reunion tour filled with nostalgia. You know no. what I mean? N none of that. It, it's, it's just over after that point. And Lena is still supportive of the LGBTQ community, but her, as well as her counterpart, Yulia are both married to men and both have children. And the legacy of Tattoo lives within their early 2000s breakout, and that is where it will lie forever. Except they also did a Snickers commercial in Japan. You know those Snickers commercials where it's like uh, like a guy's like like Joe Pesci's there, and yeah. he's like all angry, and they're like, hey, man, like you seem yes. kind of hungry. Have a Snickers. They were that. Like It was like a Japanese baseball team, and like Tattoo is on the team, and they're like all sexy and like, oh my God. like hitting like, like, a, like they miss a strike or something. Like some shit. I don't know sports, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> but they're upset and uh, they're in the dugout and like they're all pouting and then like the guys come up and you know they're just like hey uh, have a Snickers like you seem a little angry and then they eat the Snickers and then they become like two like dirty baseball playing like dudes like with like you know dirt on their face and like you know grassy knees and all that stuff they're just like oh I know I get really sexy when I'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I turn into two lesbian Russian yes. schoolgirls. That's how hungry I get. Oh, yeah. I split into two. Uh, one redhead, one brunette. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's out of control. And what does it all mean? It means that while, you know, as we as humans grow and society continues to grow, it's easy to look back and say that things were inappropriate or say that things weren't right. But it doesn't take away some of the good things that came and while it is completely exploitative and all that stuff it really did change a lot of young people's lives you know what i mean make them feel more comfortable in themselves or kind of show who they really are like they realize it when seeing that video that's like kind of the lasting legacy but also it, you know it helped to open some doors i'm not saying that these are like the fucking like lavender menace or something like you know what i mean but they you know they, they did do they served a purpose i'll say that I agree. You know? Yeah. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't think that there's anything wrong with throwing on all the things she said and reveling in the joy that you get from it uh, just because they're, you know, two girls from an extremely oppressive country with horrible views on, you know, marginalized communities. And uh, it's that's just what they know. <laughs> you know, it's it's a bit surprising that they were allowed to do what they did. And uh, we've never seen anything like that since. Right. You know? Because now we let people that are actually gay uh, talk about perform. it. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We don't we don't need tattoo when we have like actual gay performers like that are like being sincere and uh, not just like, you know, singing songs based on a woman's terrifying homoerotic dream in the dentist chair. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking A, man. So, Audra, 
things are open back up. You're able to perform again. Uh, you just came, you, you just released a cover, right? I did. Yeah, tell us about that really quick. Because um, yeah. I want to. I'm going to play uh, a little bit of it, if not ooh. the whole thing, at, at the end of this. Yeah, because because you took a song that is um, so obviously kind of like originally you like. I feel like it feels like the girl's talking about a boy. You know, right? And you made it sound like it's not that. Thank you. You really did. Like, Thank you. Like you Lilith fared it. Like there's no way that this is about like cause it's too pretty. It's too soft. It's too like patient. You know, it's, right. it's, it's all of the good things that come from like not lesbian like, sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the it's like those things. moments in lesbian sex, like between, you know, you like stop for a minute, like 20 times. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, Ryan, yeah. come on. Yeah. All the lesbian sex I've had. Well, I guess if you count all the times I've watched the tattoo music video, I guess I do know a See? thing or two. Yeah, you yeah. do. <laughs> well, uh, go ahead and, and uh, tell us where we can find your music really quick, and then uh, I will definitely play a bit of that song. Thanks, Ryan. Okay. Yeah, you can find me on any platform, Spotify, Apple Music, under Audra Isadora. And uh, the cover I just released is I Touch Myself by yeah, the Divinals. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite karaoke tracks, too. But now I feel like it's uh, too serious of a song. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, some other forgotten corner of pop culture. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Culture Dumps. Send us emails if you'd like at culturedumps at gmail.com. And for exclusive content, you can always subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. I've been joined by Audra Zadora. Goodbye. myself oh I don't want it.